How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoli. Shoots, he scores! Battling through it, finally. No sense bitching, right? This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. So I feel like we got to point out, just straight from the top, that there is a seven-point gap between the Los Angeles Kings, who are still at the top of the Pacific Division, and the second-place San Jose Sharks. A seven-point gap. The Kings have this. That's amazing. I feel like this is virtually unheard of. Because <laughs> yeah. for a while, it was just like by the grace of over uh, regulation and overtime wins that the Kings were our first. They were tied in points with what the Canucks at one point, but it's just because the Kings had won more games. And now they've pretty solidly uh, asserted their lead over the Pacific. It's amazing. I had this moment and part of it was because just that Penguins game was so exciting in a way that I wasn't expecting. And the Kings did really well, despite some of the goals that they allowed. But it was so fun that I was like, it feels like the Kings are exciting and also really good and they're winning and I just had this like realization all over again where I was like hold up they're at the top of the division what's going on you don't like I don't feel scared when they play any team not that I was scared before but there was always like that underlying well like oh well they're not that great against them or what have you but they can kind of, they can do anything right now. I think for me too, even though we know they only missed the playoffs by like a few points, it wasn't anything ridiculous. It wasn't like they had a crazy collapse or anything. But I think for me, there was just that little bit of, okay, well, they didn't make the playoffs. How are they going to respond to it? Are they going to be excellent again? They should be on paper. They look really strong. Or is it going to be one of those things where it's just like slowly things are still kind of sad and you're like, well... Maybe the Kings are just going in the wrong direction. But no, they're they're awesome and they're really strong and it's been a great time. Yeah, they are currently on a four-game win streak. Um, perfect at home, which is, well, perfect at home for this little stretch. And it feels good. I, I'm glad that they're, you know, <laughs> doing nice things for Kings fans that come in. Like, I'm always upset when someone has, like, a really bad home record. Like, no matter, like the Oilers, you know, or the the Leafs in like past years I always feel bad when teams do really poorly for their home fans who like are wearing the jerseys and have paid a ton of money and are there to support them and it's just like ugh, why do you do this to me win on the road (laughs) and then like come home and just keep losing so good job Kings for keeping your fans happy yeah, right now their record is 17-8-1. and one. Um, Like I said, top of the Pacific. It's really good. They played... That was the other thing, is that they, in this last little stretch, have played really good teams. Um, or even if teams that are not just, like, crazy good have had, like, really good things going for them, like really great offense or really great goaltending. And so it was kind of up in the air. Like, how are the Kings going to respond to tough competition? And we mentioned a little earlier when they played a few Central Division teams um, and they had only lost to Chicago on the road. We were like, 
damn, great job. But now then they play all of these other good teams, including Chicago again, and they play the Lightning twice since we last recorded. So it was like it wasn't just a fluke that they won those games on the road. They've really stepped it up. They crushed it in a back-to-back that could have been really difficult. Yeah, it was surprising. Like a back-to-back on a weekend, which I feel like hasn't always been great for the Kings, especially like uh, midday games. And they killed it. Like, after not scoring against the Penguins for a while, um, they decided, like, to make up for lost time and scored five of them. Yeah, which was the first time that they have scored five goals this season, and I was glad that they did it. You have a team like the Penguins. You've got Sidney Crosby, who did score. You've got Evgeny Malkin, Phil Kessel, like, all of these top guys who, even though the Penguins have been having their own struggles with goal scoring or whatever, you never know when all those people are going to turn it on. They're still a threat, and, and the Kings still um, figured out how to handle them and make sure that they didn't let all of them get their scoring touch back in the same game. <laughs> Which would have been so Kings-like, but that's <laughs> right. apparently the Kings of a different season because everything that used to be like, that's so Kings, is not happening this season. Um, and I was actually I kind of jazzed, even though I like them, that uh phil kessel and malkin were at a minus three for that game i was like oh oh yeah i loved it i loved (laughs) the fact that jake muzzin was a you know three-point player in that game that was amazing as well um defensemen scoring it was it was great just so much about it was awesome and i loved it all of the defensemen's uh goals because there were three of them (laughs) were um they were all excellent like drew dowdy had that amazingly like hard laser shot uh, which may or may not have gone off of uh, Nick Shore. Oh, right. And... <laughs> the one that was maybe a booty goal. I was really hoping for that. <laughs> it's a booty goal. In our, every, actually, well, every goal is a booty goal in our hearts. <laughs> but uh, regardless of whether it bounces off some players. But um, Erhoff um, had yeah. a really slick move for his first goal. Like, that was... I thought for sure he was going to pass. I thought when he, like, went for it, it was just going to be, like, going for a rebound of some, like, of some sort uh, to shoot it to someone else. But no, it went in, and it looked amazing. Yeah, that was awesome. And you could tell he was extremely stoked the way he, like, slapped the glass afterwards. Um, And I always... It's always fun when a player um, gets a goal against their former team. So it was it was fun that his first goal as a king was against his last team, the Penguins. Uh, I, I was happy for him. I, I love Christian Erhoff. I've been vocal about it. So I'm glad to see him getting some production in that way too. And then Jake Muzzin, who like had some time and like perfectly picked out a corner and scored a goal there. Like It was just all very, very good. Yeah, I think, okay, I got to stop and talk about that Jake Muzzin goal. I mean, great job, Jake Muzzin. But the most amazing thing about that play was Andre Kopitar, who coming into the zone was like in the slot, I believe, and could have had a great opportunity, but the puck rolled off his stick. And so it's like, oh, dang, there's there goes a really great chance. It could have been a goal. Maybe that would have been the case if it was anybody else but Andre Kopitar, but he's so skilled and so strong that he was like, never mind, I got it again, and then like held off the puck. Three different Penguins players tried to come and deal with him on the boards, and he still managed to pop it loose enough for Dustin Brown to take it and pass it to Jake Buzzin. I think it was Dustin Brown. Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah. It, everything about it was beautiful, and I loved it. Andre Kopitar is amazing, and he I feel like he... Lately, especially, it seems like he's been having a number of those plays that just remind me over and over again how great he is. Um, It was pretty – yeah, it was awesome because the Penguins players just came 
like kept coming like first it was one person and then it was <laughs> yeah. a second and then it was a third honestly i don't know why but it just reminded me of that scene in lord of the rings where boromir just kept getting hit by arrows <laughs> but is still like alive to <laughs> like to try to fend off all of the orcs so that um anyways i'm gonna stop there uh, but he just keeps battling through even <laughs> though he keeps getting hit or keeps getting players just like on top of him yeah, He's able I love to get it. The puck loose and pass it along. It was beautiful. It's great because you have this moment where it's like, do you really need three guys to try to defend against Kopitar? And it's like, actually, yes, because he's still got the pass up. <laughs> Wonderful work from him. So I loved, I loved that goal. It was really, it was really great. Their goals in the Tampa game were a couple of like weird ones that were probably goalie errors, particularly Andy Andrioff's goal. Although props okay. to Andy Andrioff for scoring. Uh, that was great, just for the fact that. Bob took so long to say that Andreoff scored. Like he was like Andreoff shoots. Pause. Pause. The goal, like the goal horn, is like <laughs> starting already. He's like, and he scores. Like he wants to make super sure that he actually did score that goal, um, which is understandable because with Andreoff, who knows? I went to the Tampa Bay game, and I have to say, even watching it, you saw I saw it go in, but I did also have like a moment myself where I was like. Did he really score that? It, I mean, <laughs> it just should not have been a goal, but it was, and it made him look a little cool. <laughs> uh, you know, he got a he got a good shot off. Um, I was just surprised that it went in, and it did, and he got his second goal of the season. I feel actually that's probably a good place to note that Andy Andrioff is on a different line. He's not a fourth liner at the moment. He was moved up to the third line with... Nick Shore and Dustin Brown because Trevor Lewis out with an upper body injury. Unfortunately for us, also Trevor. Um, yeah, that's deeply sad. Uh, he's out with an upper body injury, but he's traveling with the team. So it's heartening that it seems like it's not a super serious injury and just sort of a he needs a little rest, a little bit of time, you know, and not anything too bad. Yeah. Um, but let it just be known that Andy Andreoff could never replace Trevor Lewis. I just want <laughs> to put that to audio. Like, <laughs> let's be real. We miss you, Trevor. Get better soon. Um, although, like, props to Andy Andreoff. I think he had a pretty good game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. The game against Tampa Bay was not super great. But I think for the whole team, even though they out-attempted them and whatnot, that game was a little more even because both teams were kind of tired. The energy was kind of weird for parts of it. Um, but it was still decent. And, you know, so I can't I can't hate on him. Good job. But I think it's interesting because moving him up to that third line mean he, means he was also not playing center. He was on the wing. And it worked out for him. I mean, like, his PDO was super high. But still... Nick Shores has been a great center so far, and so it will, it'll be interesting if that lasts at all, uh, depending on how long Trevor Lewis stays out. Maybe not if he comes back pretty soon, but it'll be, it would be interesting to watch that develop to see if maybe Andy Andrioff does have a little more success on the wing and not as a centerman. Oh, man. If he just, like, starts playing wing and then just starts blowing it up, I'm going to feel real bad about all the time we've spent making fun of him. I won't, because he sucked. <laughs> I know, we totally won't. Be. Um, and I don't really think that he's going to have some sort of like, ah, moment of being like, I was meant to be a wing all this time, um, and start scoring a bunch of goals. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remain optimistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Maybe, maybe this will be better. Right. I would, I would always love to see people on the Kings perform well. So 
if he does better at wing, I'm down for it. Do it. Um, but it it does create sort of an interesting question about, well, you still do have Trevor Lewis. Not that Trevor Lewis scores very much either. So I don't know. But I mean, the Kings, if they have a weakness, I think it is their forward depth on the bottom six and like guys need to score. So if Andy Andrioff, if he's in there long enough to be like, just I'm a goal scorer now, <laughs> um, it could create a little, not a lot of drama, but just an interesting little question, I guess. On, I guess, the flip side, someone who got switched to a line and then started blowing up, Milan Lucic is doing so well right now. He has four goals and one assist in five games, so he's currently tied with Jeff Carter in goals and just one behind Tyler Toffoli, who has the lead for the Kings, and... He's been looking fantastic. He hasn't been taking penalties. He's been scoring goals, assists, just, like, making plays, whether or not they actually result in a goal. It's been awesome. Yeah. I I mean, I can't hate on Milan Lucic. He's doing what we wanted him to do. He's still doing it. So keep at it. Keep it up for the entire season. I think early projections when people talked about how many goals he would score this season, um, the, the estimate was about 20. So I'm glad that he has not hit some kind of slump where he's not scoring, and I hope this keeps up where he does what they need him to do. And I am i can't, I don't know, I have no real complaints about Milan Lucic. Even the empty net goal that he got in the Penguins game, he skated so hard for it. Like, it was an empty netter. The Kings didn't technically need it but you know it was a one goal game he got them that separation and it was amazing to watch him I was like I don't know if he can skate up enough to, to really get some room but he made it happen yeah skated two penguins players <laughs> yeah and just like went right down the middle and he's like you're not trying hard enough and like he cast himself <laughs> right. trying to get that goal and like protected it all the way until it like crossed the line and respect man that was kings didn't need it but why not let's have a fifth goal props i mean i always like a little insured so props and he scored the goal that he scored in the tampa bay game with jeff carter the tip-in was so good like if two of the goals in that game were kind of iffy that one was awesome jeff carter always you know skating down the wing or something real fast he got a great pass off to Milan lucic and he had the perfect tip so i don't know he's he's been fun to watch score and he's been doing pretty good things i don't have a whole lot of complaints about me on the cheat right now i've liked his um constant chest bumps with oh yeah those uh, are alec fun. martinez mm-hmm. that's bizarre but awesome um <laughs> it was great because uh kopitar's overtime winner against the canucks afterwards like obviously he was very excited everyone came to like hug him um, but then, like, off to the side, you can see Lucic and uh, Alec Martinez chest bumping while he, like, looks on fondly as to what's going on. It's pretty hilarious and I, great. Yeah, I feel like that's the, the piece. Like, everybody loves the chest bumps now. They're great. They're a lot of fun. But I feel like the piece that people don't or haven't so far talked about is how it does seem like pretty much every time Andre Kopitar is, like, waiting to watch them. He is so yeah. delighted by those chest He's bumps. got the biggest smile on his face as they <laughs> chest bump. Like, he's so happy that they're stoked to be jumping into each other's arms. Yeah. It's fantastic. He loves it. Andre Kopitar is your biggest cheerleader. <laughs> but that's great. I mean, it means that they won. They did good things. And Alec Martinez was asked about how that started. He was like, I'm not really sure. It started on the road, he said. Um, but now it's just, it's becoming a little habit. And I like I like it. I like fun stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Quick other injury updates. We have Matt Green, who is now out, quote unquote, long term, no actual timetable at this moment, but he had shoulder surgery. 
I'm not really worried. Like I said, the Kings are playing really well. So even though I feel bad for him because, you know, you don't want a guy to miss a bunch of time. I'm also like, dude's a new dad. He can chill with this cool baby. Yeah. <laughs> and heal up. And Dwight King is ma- making progress. Like, I'm sad that they're gone. Uh, I mean, not sad. I Like, it's unfortunate that they're gone. But, yeah, you're right. Um, the Kings are doing well. Like, the Kings are doing really well. So I kind of don't want to shake the boat in terms of lines or, like, the chemistry of how everyone's playing. Like, it seems to be working out real well for the Kings. So I'm, like, okay with Green and King taking all the time they need right now to truly get better or, like, get well. Um, Or until, like, the Kings start doing poorly and they need some sort of, like, different something in their lineup. Um, But, yeah, right now the Kings are doing so well that I'm, I'm wary about adding and taking away players. I think it's always, as a fan, it's always a great thing to not have to rush someone out of desperation or something like that, or not to be, like, missing them a whole lot because you're desperate to see them. Like, I miss uh, Matt Green and Dwight King more because I like their personalities and also the jokes people make on Twitter about them, (laughs) but not because the Kings are, like, a trash team right now and they are desperately needed in the lineup. Yeah, I have yet to post, like, a devil-like looking picture of Dwight King on Twitter um, when he's supposed to be in celebration, but instead looks like he took your soul. (laughs) We haven't gotten a chance to post that, which is very unfortunate, but, um, yeah, I don't want him to rush out of... Uh, taking care of himself so that I can do that. Right, yeah. Um, to, actually, I want to come back to something else, but I, I guess to that end of, like, the Kings are just playing so well, um, ESPN's power rankings, the Kings have moved up to number two. The Capitals are at number one. I haven't been watching the Capitals, really, so I can't really speak to how well they're playing. But apparently, according to ESPN, they're doing really good. Not that ESPN is, like, the be-all, end-all of this stuff. But just to note, I find it interesting because it made me think, and people have made jokes about it already, but they're like, the Capitals are playing well. They've got Justin Williams. He tends to find himself on Stanley Cup contending teams that go to the final. Um, What if Kings, Capitals, Stanley Cup in a few months from now? Can you imagine? I can, but it, like, already made me a little bit nervous. Like, I'm sure the the talent on the Kings team would outweigh the, like, tremendous talent and kind of luck of Justin Williams during the playoffs. Um, Right, But then it still makes me worried (laughs) just a little bit. I don't want the legend to continue against the Kings. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, let it continue for a little bit and then... Um, not have, like, the Kings have to face them, really. Like, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. He's been, and he's been playing well there. I've read articles and stuff, including there was one pretty recently about how he's also, um, well, A, he's still, like, a possession guy. It's amazing. But he's starting to score on that team and stuff, too. So he's been moved up to, like, the second line. I'm happy for him, but I miss him every day. Of course. Come back, Justin. Me too. But, yeah, the, the block, or not the Blackhawks, oh, God. Uh, the Capitals seem to be doing pretty well. Uh, Holtby is leading the league in wins, although Jonathan Quick is just two behind, um, so not too bad. But, yeah, they the Kings were streaking with four games, but the Caps are streaking with six, so I'll give them the first place. Fair. That is fair. Um, happy for that, but I just thought that was, like, an interesting little tidbit uh, to veer off for a second, because I believe it was the Dallas Stars who were at number three on that list. I don't think we really talked a whole lot about them, but um, I think it was Sean McIndoe, like wrote an article about how people should 
want the stars to win the Stanley Cup and blah, 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 blah. I mean, regardless of that, it made me think about the fact that, like, they have a crazy win record so far this season. Um, they obviously really great offensive team. They have better goaltending. Do you think the Dallas Stars can sustain this for the whole season and really have a deep run in the playoffs this year? I think that they'll be able to sustain it. I don't know about a deep run. That's my only thing there. Like, I don't know how they're going to react in the playoffs, but I think yeah. that, like, last season, you know, Jamie Bennett, Tyler Sagan, and all of them were fantastic offensively, and they're even somehow even more offensively minded this year. But um, even with all of the changes that the Stars have made uh, to kind of, like, fix all of the, the gaps that they had last season – I think it'll I think it'll get them to the playoffs. I really do. But I don't know how far it will get them. I think that's fair. I think it also because they I mean right now it's like I don't know if it's still this way, but I know when I looked the other day it was like the Predators and the Blackhawks were on the two wild card spots in the West. So if that kind of thing remains true, I think the matchup could be a really key thing for them um, because the Blackhawks obviously have a lot of experience in the playoffs and pulling out series even when they go down um, like 3-1 in, you know, in wins and wins and losses. Um, I thought the Predators probably should have beaten the Blackhawks if they had been at 100% last uh, last season. So that would be really tough for the Dallas Stars. And they have, you know, that recent series against the Ducks. But, um, but yeah, I guess it would be different to see, like, if they could sustain this kind of thing over seven games. But they have been fun. I mean, from what I've, from what I've seen, I haven't seen a whole lot. But obviously the record is crazy and they're excited about it. So I was, I was just thinking, hmm, could they actually do it? I mean, I think if not this year, if they do get playoff experience, they could be really interesting to watch next season. Yeah, I, I think you're totally right in that it will be very uh, matchup dependent on how far they get. Because like, if they have something fairly easy for them the first round, then you know maybe that'll build up confidence and a little bit of experience and kind of a me- momentum going, and maybe they could go fairly far. But still, I don't know if this. I don't think that this year is really their year. I will say I would thoroughly enjoy. Not that I necessarily want it to happen, but I will thoroughly would thoroughly enjoy seeing the Kings crush the Stars in a playoff series. I would really like that. That would be fun for me personally. Partly because Antony is in net, uh, but not just that. Just in general, it would be fun. Well, I would like to see the Kings crush most anyone in <laughs> in True. like a, a playoff series. But poor Antony Niemi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't really deserve Why it. Why are you putting him through all of this? Why are you putting him through all of this? That seems unfair. <laughs> He seems like a very nice um. fellow. <laughs> sorry, Niami. But anyway, not sorry to veer off topic a little bit. I was just thinking we hadn't really talked about the stars. And, and they have been an interesting story so far this season. Um, back to the Kings. And really quickly to go back to injuries. Because Trevor Lewis has been out, that means Jordan Wheel has finally played in two consecutive games. Yay! What a great day. That's like a milestone in and of itself. Like, forget, you know, (laughs) scoring 200 goals or something like that in two consecutive games. Here's your award. Um, And he had a good weekend. I mean, in the – so he's played five games for the Kings this season total. He was – had a 50% Corsi in the first one, and he was, like, in the 30s for the two after that. But over this weekend, it was in the 60% range. So two good games from him. 
and I would like to see him continue while Trevor Lewis is out and really earn his time. Um, I I just want to see Jordan Wheel get a real shot, and he's he's getting a little bit of one right now due to circumstances. That's that's fine. You know, take these circumstances and do what you will with them, and hopefully, he, you know, shines a little bit or shows us a little something more, whether it be yeah. goals or just looking strong out there with everyone else, making good plays, all of that. Right, yeah. Like, he wasn't without mistakes, but, you know, he's he's new. Five games total, like I said, that he's played. Uh, but overall, he, he did well, and I was happy to see that for him. Okay, so to continue on how well some Kings are playing, and actually to take it back to Jake Muslin for a little bit, Pierre Lebrun has been writing up, like, projections for what Team Canada could look like for the World Cup. Uh, there have also been projections written for about, like, what Team USA could look like, what the Young Guns team, which I think it's called Team North America or something. They should just call it Young Guns, whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, for the Team Canada for the World Cup, Jake Muzzin has been on the radar and continues to be someone who is being noticed by the people in charge there. And I have to say, probably after that Penguins game, still pretty noticeable. Um, Before that game, though, John Rosen wrote some notes on why he thinks that there's probably interest. I will read it. Quote, apart from a coveted and diverse all-purpose skill set, one thing that Muzzin has in his favor is that he is a left-handed shooter on a team that simply doesn't have as much room for righties, considering that Drew Doughty, Shea Weber, Alex Petrangelo, and P.K. Subban all shoot from the right side and are basically locks. So, I, I mean, even if the, you know, being a left-handed shooter gives him a little bit of an edge, I think he's clearly, with his performances, really earned consideration for a team like that. Um, absolutely. Although it is, you're right, very funny that it's like, well, you know, we're really looking at you because you're a left-handed shot. Like, that gives him (laughs) some sort of, like, bizarro edge. Uh, like, everyone else is really good, like, all these players, but they're on the right hand, but you're a left, so therefore you get an extra look. But he's definitely, not that, you know, he's some, like, a garbage player who's only going to be on the team because he is a left-handed shot, but he's been playing quite well, and... Uh, I, yeah, it's awesome. I'm excited for him. I'm glad that more people are noticing Jake Muzzin because he is, you know, my favorite Kings defenseman to watch. I mean, as much as I love Christian Ehrhoff, he is not the, you know, he might just be here for this year. Um, and also Jake Muzzin is amazing. And we've talked about it plenty before now. So I'm glad that he's getting some recognition. Toffoli's name was also thrown into the mix, but not with as much buzz. And now Toffoli, even though he is still generating scoring chances and whatnot, has not been scoring goals. Um, so th- there is a little less hype around him at the moment, but his name was also out there, which I think is cool too. Yeah. And it- it's good too, because Jake Muzzin has always been a, uh, advanced stat, a possession darling. Um, and so that as well, you know, as people talk about him a little bit more, they happen to mention that. And just like, I like hearing people say nice things about Jake Muzzin, even though we did, very much say damn it Muzzin a lot we still have yeah a lot of affection for Jake Muzzin and love <laughs> when he does well and other people recognize that yeah he had some growing pains but I think I think he's working it's it out he's establishing himself on this team I'm really excited for him <laughs> it's like one of those things where you're allowed to make fun of your friends but once someone else does you're like get away 
Uh, right, that's kind of how up. it is with Jake Busson. We'll criticize him for you, but don't say a bad thing. In my head, Jake Busson is like a huge nerd. I don't know if that's true. That's just how he comes off to me. So I'm like, in my own mind, like, I'm really glad that geeky Jake Musson <laughs> is getting recognition as somebody who's really cool and good at something. Whereas uh, when Fox West went to go talk with Nick Shore, they interrupted Tyler Toffoli's lounge sesh, lounge sesh playing Call of Duty, which is exactly what we expected. That is true. I, I immediately thought of that all-day lounge situation that he mentioned. Um, I was also, because I am a person who makes my bed every day, like, horrified by that picture, <laughs> that he would let anybody in his room with his bed looking like that. I was like, please, please just fix it. I, too, am a bed maker, and, um, I like, you know, if I'm sitting on my bed during the day, it's made. Like, I've got, I've got decorative pillows, like, the whole shebang. <laughs> yeah. um, so I never have to, like... Here, have a seat on my exposed bed sheets. Like, that's really weird to me. I don't know why. It just is. Yeah. And I mean, I don't have a problem when people don't make their beds. But because I do, I did have that, like, pearl clutchy mom moment of like, oh, my God. How embarrassing. <laughs> Please but do also, something like, about this. He had to know that they were coming over, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, even if he wasn't going to be a part of it, I'd be like, people are around. So I will, you know at least be a little bit like neater or you know i'll be prepared just in case and you know make my bed like light a candle somewhere like i don't know um <laughs> but just not be lounging in sweatpants in like a totally must up bed playing call of duty we obviously have <laughs> way too many opinions on this very <laughs> trivial thing yeah right i mean you know do what you want but i'm just like if you're a millionaire you could probably make your bed too i don't know <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's, like, not that hard. He had, like, two pillows, so just, like, flatten out the comforter, put the pillows on, call it a day. <laughs> yeah. I have, like, six just pillows so you know. that I like to arrange in, like, a perfect, in, like, a particular way. So, you know, it takes a little bit more effort. But, you know, it's it's not, it takes, like, all of five seconds. Come on. Right, Tyler's right. fully. Maybe he's just, like, always napping. He's like, why bother? Yeah, pretty much. He sleeps all the time. He And, I mean, maybe that's what he means. If it was an all-day lounge, he was, like, as soon as you guys leave this room, maybe he's taking a nap. I don't know, but I was just like mild horror moment where I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't believe you're letting people in here. <laughs> uh, but it's cool. I look forward to seeing whatever piece that is because I do find Nick Shore very intriguing in basically in his mystery at the moment. So I'm glad to maybe learn more about him soon. I guess to keep the praise train rolling, even though he hasn't scored in any of the very recent games, when the Kings did play the Blackhawks, Marion Gabrick did his Marion Gabrick thing and scored a late tying goal. It was rad. Um, and then, was he the one that scored in overtime? He was sure was. And okay. it was just like that game in the playoffs against the Ducks where he scored the late gate, like late third period tying goal. And then was like, well, I could do more. And then scored the overtime goal as well. Glad to have that version of Gabrick back. And I feel like since then, I mean, I don't know how true it is. I haven't checked the numbers. But since then, I feel like he seems to have gotten a little more confidence and seems to be trying to make more plays to actually score and, you know, be a little more challenging to, to the people on the ice when he's in the attacking zone. And so I'm glad to see that happen. I want him to score more goals. Yeah, he's currently with nine points 
uh, five goals and four is it? four assists and while we'd like to see more at least they've been timely you know like with that Blackhawks game that's exactly the kind of thing that he is here for and he's been doing it like it pays off um obviously we'd like to see more just like normal game goal situations but he's still you know pulling his weight yeah so I hope you know things just keep rolling for him like I said in the last few games he hasn't scored but Maybe, you know, the Kings are going on the road. Plenty of opportunity against some weaker teams to just take advantage of them. Go for it, Mary and Gabrick. <laughs> you do you, buddy. Yeah. I think especially right now, too, because it's getting to that point in the season where people are, like, noticing him and Dustin Brown and being like, you got big-ass contracts, you're not scoring a lot of goals, what's up? Yeah. The Sports Illustrated list actually had a list of 10 worst contracts. Brown and Gabrick were both on it, which is not entirely surprising. We're all familiar with how enormous those contracts are and that they won't be good for the number of years they are signed for. But it's also like, I don't really want to think about this this year. So could you please produce some points and stuff? Yeah, pretty much. And uh, we've talked about it off podcast about how as much as we'd like to see Brown, you know, perform better especially with all of the hype of how, you know, how much he's trained over the summer. Um, we're, we're kind of giving him a pass. <laughs> we yeah. like him too much to really um, count him out. I am just, I love Dustin Brown. And I realize he is not a perfect player. I realize he has not produced the way that people have hoped and that he needs to be, especially with the money he's making now. But God damn it, I don't want to give up on him. <laughs> nope. Um, for Dustin Brown, we are going to be exceedingly loyal. Like Dean Lombardi-style loyal. Uh, we got faith in him. John Hoven posted a piece on Mayor's Banner all about how the Kopitar contract is probably close. And even though no one else has really indicated that, but he says it's pretty close and... Gave a dollar range, whatever, whatever. But at the end of this post, he was like, just a last note. Next season, Ajay Kopitar is going to be wearing the C for the Los Angeles Kings. And I understand that, you know, he's just doing his job, you know, making a prediction or whatever. Maybe he's got some inside tips on the fact that the Kings are looking to move Brown. or I don't know what's going to happen, but I can say I got real sensitive about it. (laughs) <laughs> because I don't I don't want Dustin Brown to leave. I don't want him to leave either, and I really don't think that's true. Um, I talked with some people about that article. Um, actually, I don't know if I should say this. Basically, they were like, Hoven's a blowhard. <laughs> like, that just seems <laughs> like the rest of the article is fine, and that last paragraph paragraph really just blew it. Oh, man. I mean, fair enough, um. because it was it was fine. Like, it was a good, it, you know, we found out more about the Kopitar contract. Great. And then that little thing at the end, I was like, no, get out. Right, yeah. Like, if, if the Kings really are close to signing Andrei Kopitar, I'm all for it. I'm ready for them to announce that they've signed him. I don't want to have to worry about that at all at any point anymore. But that last little thing, I was like, but could you not punch me in the gut by being like, bye, Dustin Brown, because I'm not ready to say goodbye. Oh, yeah. That was like trying to, you know, deflect from like bad news with like really good news up the top. And then just like, right, yeah. oh, by the way. And I was like, no, this is awful. I don't like this. <laughs> this is a this. bad feeling. Don't include this postscript. <laughs> 
But yeah, so so a little, I'm a little salty about it, but it's fine. We're gonna move on. Sports Illustrated also like he has a terrible contract, and I'm like, you know what? It's fine. I'll worry about it next year. I don't want to worry about it right now. <laughs> Pretty much. Before we wrap it up, I feel like we, you know, it's December, which means, you know, and the Kings are doing great, so I feel like we gotta just look outside of them a little bit. But that means World Juniors are coming up, which I always really like, and teams have started to announce their preliminary rosters. Um, Team Canada released theirs. King's prospect Spencer Watson is on it, which I'm excited about because we root really hard for that guy. (laughs) Yay, Spencer Watson. Yeah, Um, and he's been doing really well on his team, the Kings of Frontenacs, and um, a former Kings prospect, Rollo McCann, who they traded away and who I miss. (laughs) I miss him too, mostly because (laughs) there was a time when he was drafted, and you and I had really no idea who he was. We yeah. are not, like, huge followers of prospects. Like, we follow them enough, but maybe not as much as other people do. And spent, like, an evening just, like, YouTubing kind of everything that he had done. Right, yeah. And for that alone, and the fact that he was pretty darn good, uh, he, I will always be fond of him. Yeah, I'm like, you know, they got rid of Colin Miller, they got rid of Roland McCann. I'm like, right now the Kings defense is doing really well, but I'm also just like, please don't send more prospects away. <laughs> um, also, the Kings have like such a lack of like first round picks <laughs> and whatnot, and um, really high second round picks and stuff like that. That I'm just like, don't send people away. So, but whatever. <laughs> um, m- maybe he'll be a bust or something, and I'll be like, oh, good. Think they got rid of that guy, but right now I'm like, no. If I hope you're, you know, you, if you're good, I wish you were still in the Kings. Anyway, <laughs> he's on that team, um, along with Lawson Krause, who was drafted really high very recently this past summer. Um, other teams also announcing Team Sweden has announced their preliminary roster and Adrian Kempe on it. He's been playing really well. He um, played with Nylander a little bit and whatnot. Uh, he played, I think, he, didn't he play last year in the World Junior? I think no. he did. I don't remember. I think really. he did. He'll be around. Pretty good chance that he will make the final roster. Um, there were no Kings prospects on Finland's roster because uh, none of them were eligible. And the one who was, Lynchiniemi, is no longer eligible. He's too old. <laughs> um, <laughs> there were no prospects on Team US, Kings prospects on Team USA's roster. Unfortunately, Russia has not announced yet, but John Rosen wrote that he thinks it is very possible that Alexander Durgachev and Demir Shrupzianov, did I say that right? I don't know. I probably messed it up. I tried really hard. Um, <laughs> could make it. I, and so I'm, I, A, I always wish, like, if I follow, I don't follow prospects in particular, but I do like. Like, I started paying attention to hockey because I went to college in Boston, and so I was introduced to, like, the BCBU rivalry, and a lot of the guys who play in the NCAA and whatnot, a bunch of them, or a number of them, come from, like, the U.S. NCDP, and so, like, I pay attention a lot to Team USA players and whatnot, and so I would love if there were Kings prospects on Team USA. There are not, so could they please work on that? With their draft picks, more uh, really good Americans, please. Yeah, let's 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 start training them young. Yeah, but in general, a pretty nice showing from Kings prospects who are going to play uh, with their national teams. I think that's really cool. Um, oh, I think also another player who it was you know because the roster hadn't been announced, but uh, Rosen also mentioned that their recent pick Eric Chernak could possibly make a World Junior team. So that guy as well. Nice. So a nice showing. Not yeah, not a bad showing at all. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I I think that's pretty much all I got. Do you have other stuff about the Kings that you want to mention? Uh, no, just once again, uh, a hearty rooting for them that they're going to do the, the same thing that they've been doing, winning and playing well and scoring goals. Uh, just keep yeah. keep doing what you're doing, Kings. Don't change anything. You're mm-hmm. okay. They're really good. Um, I wrote a quick post about how they have the best scoring chance differential in the league. So we know that they shoot a lot, and we know that they're really good defensively, but it's not all just like meaningless shots or whatever. They don't have the most scoring chances, but because they also suppress quality chances so well, they still end up with the best differential. And I think that really speaks to the way that they win games. They're not a team that's scoring four or five goals every night, but they're keeping other teams from doing that to them. Um, And so they're still able to come out on top and score enough to win. And sometimes they do have games where they score, you know, four goals or whatnot. So that's cool too. They play, they go on a road trip, six game road trip. They play the Blue Jackets, the Penguins, the Sabres, the Senators, the Canadians, and the Maple Leafs. Um, and let's be real, none of those teams are as good as the Kings. <laughs> they really aren't, which <laughs> frightens me. I'm worried about what's about to happen because this happened. I, we know better than to make predictions now because last time we did that, we both correctly guessed the team that the Kings would lose to. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we're not going to do that again. But it does slightly worry me, once again, if the Kings don't play to the level that they should against these teams that are, you know, objectively just not as good as them. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Also because we know that Daryl Sutter does not do a whole lot of line matching, but them being in other people's buildings means that the opposing coaches have every opportunity to line match. So I think, like, as interesting as the game against the Penguins was in the Kings building, it'll be something to watch to see if, uh, that fourth line plays against Sidney Crosby even more. I mean, there were times in the game at Staples where they did play, like, that was happening for some reason because Daryl Sutter likes to live on the edge. <laughs> he likes excitement in his life, and that's the way he <laughs> Right, yeah. At the expense of the rest He's of He's just going to roll his lines. He doesn't care what anybody else is doing. Uh, but we might see more of that when they play in other people's arenas. So that'll that'll be interesting and to see how they respond to it. Because, again, like I said, I think the, the area where the Kings have a weakness are – um, in, in their depth. They have, I mean, not a terrible bottom six, but a bottom six that hasn't so far scored a whole lot. So we'll see how that how that works. Yeah, there's definitely room for improvement there. And uh, I want to see Eichel play. Yeah, I'm excited about that. But I want him to play just okay. <laughs> <laughs> Continue playing well everywhere else, but just play all right. Yeah. Uh, against the Kings. I will say, because I have been watching a lot of Sabres games, that right now they're kind of a mess. They have some injuries, and the lines have been juggled a lot. So things are kind of weird, and I think they're not... They're, I mean, they're not as terrible as they were last year by any means. Obviously, I think actually they're heading in a pretty positive direction, but they're not good either. So they're not a difficult team for the Kings to play as long as they continue to play their game and take control and just hold on to that. Um, but there is also that weird little tidbit where the Kings have not won in Buffalo in years. So we'll see how that plays out, too. Who, like, did that curse on the Kings? Like, who stood outside of, what is it, Niagara Center? What is that? What is their I forget. Called? First Niagara? Ah, whatever. <laughs> um, who stood out of this, outside of that arena and was like, the Kings will never win here ever again? And it's worked. Yeah. 
Like, someone is very powerful and has something against the Kings uh, winning there. Yeah, so I think the last time they played there, Jonas and Roth shut them out. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guy. (laughs) (laughs) The time before that, the Kings were winning, and then Jonathan Quick got injured. Um, And then they lost that game in overtime, in the shootout, I think. It's been rough. Even even during these years, the Kings are really good. It's been weirdly strange and tough for them to win in Buffalo. But maybe that'll change this time. We'll see. And maybe they'll add a you know goal to Jack Eichel's total, which I'm not mad at as long as the Sabres don't win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what? He can score a goal. I'm fine with that. Um, we'll allow it. <laughs> right. Uh, but then the Kings have to, obviously. Maybe the defensemen can get in on the – like the rest of the defensemen can get in on the action. McBain – Martinez can score some goals since everyone else has been, you know, going crazy scoring goals. They can just, for the full, like, collection there, just all of the defensemen score goals. Yeah, yeah, just go nuts. Um, The Canadians, I believe Carey Price is still out, right? He was back in, but now he's out again. Okay, so he's out. So um, I think they've still been having an okay-ish run, so who knows there. But I don't know, the, the Canadians, they score a lot somehow, but they're not great, great. Um in the underlying numbers, so the Kings can win that. Um, and then there's the Maple Leafs, who are bad. <laughs> there's really no no beating around the bush for that one. <laughs> yeah. There's there's no way. They're just bad. They're bad. They Although I did like the story last week, uh, Garrett Sparks debuted and got a shutout in his debut and was very overcome with emotions, cried a little bit on TV. He was so happy. And I just, I thought it was very sweet. Uh, yeah, I find that super charming that he was so excited about how well he had done and cried about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he doesn't do that well. I don't even know if he's still with them. <laughs> um, I think he is. He's around. Anyway, hopefully he doesn't do that well against the Kings when they play, if he's the one who's in that. Um, Jonathan Bernier is on a conditioning assignment, I believe, or on loan to do something about his confidence or whatever. He's having a rough time, so the Kings won't see him. Um, yeah, I'm not scared of the Leafs. What's yeah. up? The, the Kings are have a good chance of continuing their their streak of goodness. Isn't that wild? Like, they, they have taken care of the hardest part of their schedule, I think, this season already. It is entirely possible that the Kings, unless for some reason they run into a crazy streak of bad luck, which can happen. We've seen this team like get shut out three times in a week <laughs> in recent years. <laughs> um, or they just collapse in some way. It is entirely possible that they could just ride being first in the Pacific Division the entire season. That would be so crazy. I would be just fine with that. It would. I Every time we talk about this, I say... They're still doing great, and they're going to continue to do great with such trepidation because I am concerned about what is to come. But I don't know. Maybe it's time to just continue with, like, the mindless optimism and be like, they're good now. They're going to do well. Yeah. The Kings are going to be fine. I I mean, there's no real reason to doubt them. It could be awesome. So I I hope on this road trip they crush it, honestly. Crush everybody. (laughs) Go 6-0. Win 10 in a row. (laughs) Shut Yeah. Win, win all of them, and yeah, win all six of them. Uh, shut some teams out. Why not? Yeah. Let's do it to the Maple Leafs. That's always fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why not? And yeah, score. But someone could score a hat trick. I'm down for it. <laughs> I usually like Jeff Carter or Tyler Toffoli, but Milan Lucic has been doing really well. So I'll you know, take it. I'll do what you gotta go do. Go wild. Get it. Like a defenseman can get a hat trick. <laughs> Just yes. Go nuts. 
I'm down for everybody. See, we're only we're only gonna predict outrageous positive yeah. things. I mean, that's how I feel. Perfect. Especially this past week, I am like pumped about the Los Angeles Kings. It's amazing because it, it's one of those <laughs> things. Could they be first in the division? Yeah, they're totally first in the division. Could they win ten games in a row? Honestly, I think they. Yeah, could. hell and yeah. We couldn't say that often last season or even seasons past. It's like, oh, no, it's been like they've won too many games. They have to lose soon. Whereas now I'm like, you know, I don't know. They could ride this out. This is yeah. fine. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's what we got to end it on. Um, we're not definitely saying the Kings could go 6-0 and are going to go 6-0, and but they could. It would be rad if they did. So let's hope that the next time that we speak, they are well on their way to accomplishing such a thing. Yeah. Also, uh, this is totally separate from anything. Um, correction of something that I said before. Bormir got killed by Urukai, and I just could not let that stand <laughs> that I said orcs. So I really needed to correct that. <laughs> I was thinking about it for a second, and I was like, wait, that's way wrong. And, like, needed a place to insert that. I'm like, it's just going to have to be at the end. Just a little tag. Noted. I clearly don't remember the names of any characters ever, apparently. I never would have noticed. But I'm glad that you handled that. They're a more advanced version of the bad guy. (laughs) I think he was killed by Blurts. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So now that we've uh, gushed about the kings and we've settled our Lord of the Rings particulars, uh, (laughs) we're going to sign off by saying, as usual, follow us on Twitter if you don't. THXBUD, Facebook, THXBUD, email chirp at thanksbud.com, and take care of yourselves, friends. Be good to each other, and we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.